training, but I don't do aerobic training very often, so when I do it, it really hammers me, so, yeah. You know that, you know that nauseous feeling where you just, it only takes two minutes of pushing hard past you, where you really, where your body said, stop now, and you push for two minutes more, and then you fucked for half an hour. <laughs> I love the fact that you said you know that feeling when you're doing aerobic training. No, no, I don't know that. Been a hey, while, Ryan. Sorry. Been a while, Ryan. Hey, up. Oh, there we go. Talking of uh, legendary characters from the world of sport and screen. Thomas Lafitte joins us. How you doing, Ray? Good. I- I'm sorry, I'm late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I was waiting for waiting for you to initiate the call like you always do, right? Yeah, I have two versions of Skype on my uh, on my computer, and all the time I open the wrong one, and I'm like, something is not going on with this. Who's got interference? We've got interference somewhere. Is that my end or somebody else's end? I have interference too. I hear it. I'm, I'm doing oh, the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's back. Like a... Maybe it's me. I don't know. Can everybody hear that? I hear it. It's gone. I, I don't hear it. So does that mean it's me? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Fix, show number 33, mother fluffers. <laughs> Sorry about that. I did it in the, you know, you see that? See what I did? <laughs> New angle, that, to keep it spicy, right? I learned that from uh, YouTubers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so, right. Yo, what we got? Mate, before we get going. Ah. Whoa! <laughs> I can't concentrate. I can't That's concentrate rough. with that, right? Seriously, I'm uncomfortable. I'm just going to move on. So I, can't even, I can't even hear Neil right now. I can't hear him. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, I honestly think my most watched YouTube video in the history of YouTube would be if I could somehow gate crash Danny Tesh like Devin did Michael and just force the man to get on the table. Mate, well, the highest watched YouTube video of all time. <laughs> if you manage to track that dude down yeah. and get it into... That's what I you need know, to I, do. I have no idea where he lives. No idea. He can't be doing anything because all Australia is shut. Exactly. He's he's so, somewhere. He's he's within thirty kilometers of where I am right now. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> you need to. Can you not? Just can you not get Phil Rasmussen to start him? Yeah. Well, I mean, Phil has signed an oath in blood or something. He won't give up anything. Something going on there, isn't there? He's you got to find. <laughs> you gotta find him, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like one of those great white sharks that they put a tracker on just to see his behavior. Well, I, I feel like when I if I do track him down, I turn up at the door. He might be he might open the door in some unholy way, like what took you so long, my young child? Something like. Tell you, yeah. you need to do it just for the if you can track him down and get like a, an hour long interview on him, particularly if he looks like you said he did, particularly yeah. if he's gone all like Jesus on you. Well, if you I, know, he's got the long yeah. hair and the goatee. That's a, that's if a, I, that's if a I, if I, if I turn up with some Jehovah's Witness pamphlets or something, he might, he might fall for it and think that I'm just there to <laughs> preach the word. And we can have an arm wrestle about it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, right? I've had a bit of fun with Danny. I've done a few little clips with Danny where we, you know, we put a little bit of Tesh magic out there. And in doing so, I needed to research, get out there and try and find a few Danny Tesh photographs. 
Mother fluffers. There is more genuine photos of Bigfoot than of Danny <laughs> Tech. You know, like, you've got that net where he's crossing the uh, dry riverbed. Yeah. You know, it's that, in it? It's only two shots of Danny Tech. Holy. There he is. There he is. And that, that, Danny and Tonno. Danny and Tonno. What's that worth on the black market? <laughs> oh. <laughs> or original? I know. No, you need to send me that. It's like swapping porn tapes at school. It's like send me that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're finished, oh, yeah, that's sent, Ray. I'll tell you, he's going to be bored, Ryan. Mm. I know he never talked, but he's going to be bored. And if you track that man down, this, you've never had a better time to get an interview from Danny Tesh than right now. He'll do it. Because even yeah. Danny Tesh is going to be bored in yeah. this current situation. I mean, I, I'm sat round a lot of the time in the evenings. You can't go out. You can't do anything. I'll be sat there. I'm all annoyed. My missus comes in. She's like, well, if you're bored, make a bird table. So I do. And then she's pissed off that I only put her in fifth place. It's absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. COVID-19 is killing the globe. Yeah. Killing the globe. That's what, I think that's we need what to... pandemics usually do, man. Oh, mate. It's getting... <laughs> We talked about this last night, Ray, right? The Russians, who you've got to admire in the fact that everybody else is saying, well, we're going to get a vaccine. We're going to work on that vaccine. We're going to put it into clinical trials. And then maybe in about 11 or 12 months, we'll be ready to move that out into the population. The Russians have already given it everybody. Don't fact check us on that. Don't fact check us. <laughs> You know. <laughs> They're not bothered. Take it, take it. Matter. Just yeah, get it. Be all right. What can happen? <laughs> what I'm worried about is nobody's actually fed back on what happened. Nobody's come back and said, oh, yeah, you know what? It was just absolute roaring success, that. That concerns me greatly. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're doing it, everybody. It'll be fine. And then you hear nothing for, for months. <laughs> Didn't go too well. But anyway, enough of the COVID nonsense. Let's get on to arm wrestling. Who's anybody had an exciting week this week? I know that there's been quite a few videos go out. I just want to draw your attention to one particular video that went out from uh, <laughs> Voice of Arm Wrestling. Yes, yeah, had a video made on me this week. Anybody else have that, guys? Just me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Very educational. Long Man. Long. Everyone get angry, like, like in a, not in a title, but a thumbnail picture, I'm, I'm saying, like, like promoter, host, and developer, and influencer. And it was like, influencer, come on. Like, yeah, Neil's a effing influencer. Like, I think it's more, it's spelled wrong. It's got, it's spelled influencer. Oh! Break <laughs> <laughs> two iPhone. Come on, someone, someone should have told me that no one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, up to the minute news, breaking news. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Latvian, so it's okay. I'm Latvian, it's okay. Well, yeah. you should have just go. gone. I just <laughs> have, I have <laughs> heard some words. I have never. Influencer. It's like Neil Pickup, promoter, <laughs> pig. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I yeah. Can yeah. spell. <laughs> I, I, I spell influel, influencer, influencer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ray, listen, pal. It's the thought that counts, all right? 
Now I have no comments on the video now. I'm just oh, like, awesome. I'm kind of asshole. You're like, I'm like, yes, he is. This one. It concerned me a little bit when I when I, when you put that piece out and it said something like a on Neil Pickup's dick shortly, and I'm like checking in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened here? As Ray managed to break out of Latvia, and he's got the car off. This is not looking good for me at all. Not that you're not a nice lad, Ray. Check know. the windows. Now, another one. I'm just going to take this opportunity to promote, to cross-promote back a little bit. Guess what, lads? I started Ray's interview last night. Yeah. Started Ray's piece. The, uh, and I'll tell you what, gifted individual, he set the bar. For those of you uh, who were looking forward to finding out that little bit more about Ray, Coach Ray's history, tell you what, he went deep. The guy doesn't play games. Also, learned an amazing amount about this. Did anybody else know on this call that in Latvia, they teach arm wrestling in schools? It's an electing school. Did, did you know that? Uh, no. no. It's not He's like a professional it's... coach. Professional bachelor degree as the head coach in arm wrestling. What? Bachelor <laughs> degree in sports science, but I'm a I'm a coach in arm wrestling. Like some are fitness coaches and powerlifting coach coach in arm wrestling. Bachelor oh. degree no. in arm wrestling. That's something that is awesome. Got that. Yeah. How can Engin not have that? I mean Engin <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's got it, but he hasn't formally got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Engin, yeah. surely, is on his way to Latvia now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he will be on his way over. Won't he be like, I'm having that? No, he's got it. <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing in the world, though. That is, I, think I, I, think getting, I think getting the sport into schools is one of the one of the most powerful things you can do for a nation at any time. Kids, kids, when kids arm wrestle, they really thrive in this and and. And Latvia's doing. I think that was the key for Sweden, getting so many females involved as well. Um, I, I know I've personally tried to figure out how to get it into schools. Uh, and but for Australia, we need the sport to be accepted by the government uh, before we can do it because everyone gets worried about insurance and injuries and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, we've been accepted for ten plus years, I think, for, from the government. This is why. Yeah. We, we can yeah. get in many things, yeah. So in yeah. terms of sport recognition, so you've been a recognised sport in Latvia for over yeah. 10 years. Yeah, it's absolutely excellent. I mean, in the Swedish, uh, Heidi Andersson was mm. massively instrumental in that because she was, you know, in, um, I don't know whether you do this in the US, Paul, but do you have like a sports personality of the year over there? Do they have like sports personality of the year show or anything like that? They, they might. So, there might be some form of an award, but because sports is so prevalent, I don't think that that we do anything that's made like majorly well known. Like maybe maybe in local, May, maybe maybe yeah. in some yeah. states or something. Yeah. yeah, we have that in England. We've got a show, and it's called Sports Personality of the Year, and it like yeah, yeah. it looks at it chronicles you know certain top sportsmen what they've won in their field over that year, over that twelve month period. And then off the back of that, the public vote in, and it's a big uh, ceremony and awards. Yeah. It's it's quite cool. But in in Sweden, they do that, and Heidi Anderson won it. 
It's mm. crazy. She she was the Swedish sports well, well, personality of the year. Heidi, I can say I came second in my local sports person of the year in 2002. Local being district, so Heidi, we're almost same level. See, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, 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 your country is a continent, basically. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, when I say local, it was like literally there was three about a thousand people in 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 the area, so it wasn't hard to to be the best sports person. But I added. Hey, a- hey, come on, take it, take it, just <laughs> did, take it. Did, did you get Did you get anything for it, right? Did you get any support? Uh, no, no. She the 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 person who won it got something. They got a thousand dollars or something. But I was a seventeen year old tennis player at the time. I think. <clears throat> yeah. See, and, I love and, the fact that. All joking, all joking aside, like Ray, when Ray's talking about, like when you know, looking at the Europeans compared to the United States and everything like that, these are the things that separate us. Like we can't get this recognized, we can't get arm wrestling recognized, basically at, at any level here. I don't know how much effort has been made towards it, but you know, we have a ton of arm wrestlers in the United States, but the quality isn't as high because it isn't taken seriously, um, and that's our that's that's our own fault. Now, we, I, I personally. Um, worked with a couple guys over here and tried to get it to, to be a club sport at, at a local high school. And like Ryan said, it's incredibly hard. There's all kind of liability issues. The school districts push back. And that's even from a club capacity. But until we get it recognized, I mean, the idea of a bachelor's degree, I mean, yeah, that's so, that it, seems so impossible here. It's, it's 100% flat out down to liability. I, I tried extensively for at least 12 months. I spoke to a million insurance companies and they just said flat out, no, we will not insure arm wrestling under any circumstance, even though they'll insure a rugby club, which has so many more injuries than much, an much arm more higher club. risk. And so serious injuries. We just well. need to educate, 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 educate. Arm wrestling is like, how many injuries do we have? Like, any rugby practice will have more injuries than we have in weeks. Come on. Right, yeah. it's of, co- of course, arm break is the most serious one, but it's not like it, you just see the video constantly, in constantly rugby, over again. My word, rugby spinal injuries, serious injuries. I mean, well, the, the, other, the other thing is, is when you look at high school, look at the age demographic. Like, these kids aren't tearing tendons and, you know, experiencing crazy tendonitis when they're that young. The injuries that we have in this sport are because we're old. Imagine if you're playing full contact football or rugby when you're 45. You're going to get hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the injuries at the kid, at the younger levels are so mar- marginal. Has, have, have, any, have any of you gentlemen ever witnessed or heard of a child injuring themselves in arm wrestling? Yes. Yeah, Gary Roberts broke the arm of like a 13-year-old kid. Oh, for, for real. For real? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you guys watch Beauty and the Beast? Mate, listen. Plug the guy Roberts if you have not watched Beauty and the Beast. It's on. Travis Bajan unfiltered. Get on Travis's channel. Get on Gary Roberts' channel. Check him out. Get you on Gary's and Travis Dick. How did that play out? I can't imagine that played out well. Went a bit like this. <laughs> Snap! Oh. <laughs> how they usually go. <laughs> yeah, and it pretty much that fast. It wasn't a, you know, yeah. dangerous, prolonged position, anything like that. It was yeah. basically match started, a little bit of a drive, and then Gary hit back, and this yeah. kid's arm broke. It was, yeah. I mean, a kid? Oh, yeah. Jesus God. I, you you know, that you was, know, that I'll, I'll tell you, I had a dilemma today. Uh, you might have seen recently, Lachlan and I released the fact that we're coaching publicly and all that sort of stuff. We had an inquiry today from a 71-year-old woman uh, who's involved in, like, old... Old people Olympic lifting, 
and she said that she wants the lunar arm wrestle. And Lachlan and I are talking to each other in the background going, um, what do we, what do we say? Like, well, I don't want to say no, I'll, I'll teach you to arm wrestle, but I'm shit scared about her arm wrestling anyone else. Top roll, top roll, top roll, top roll, top roll. Yeah. yeah. I, I never, I never arm wrestle, like, beginners scare me. Any beginner, like, no one who knows about the sport, they just think it's this. And they yeah. never go where they're where they're strong because that's where the lock happens and that's where the break comes. I always just top roll them and there's been yeah. ne- never any problems. I I had a class of uh, 15 kids yesterday. I arm wrestled with them. I top rolled each one of them. Everyone wants to press and I have to teach them to go away from that. I said you can do that after you've been in a sport as long as I have. They want to. Oh, we want to try to press. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Right. It's one of those, isn't it? When I mean, you you know, you get your guys. People talk about, oh, you can arm wrestle at any age, and I think the thing, to, the, the 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 point of clarity to make there, right, is that you look at your Norm Devios and you look at some of the guys. You'll see them at Off Worlds every, you know, the Grand Masters class or whatever the hell it's called. Um, you'll see guys, but often that puller has been in the sport for 20 years, 30, whatever it may be. So the fundamental safety aspects of the sport, they've got dialed in. Where it's a bigger risk is when you've got an older person who's coming into that, let's say they are in their 70s, um, and they're literally have no idea how to arm wrestle. You've got terrible combination of factors there with reflex, mm-hmm. flexibility. Bone density. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's just... Just nightmare scenario. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, see, I think there's, I, I, I do think there's room for that. I mean, you talk about like a 71 year old woman. At least she's, at least she's got a strength background, right, Ryan? I mean, yeah. I, we had a guy, and I, I may have mentioned it before. There's a, a local guy here by the name of Dave Shell. He's all over Facebook. Um, I, um, I believe he's, I believe he's approaching the 70s right now, and he lost a ton of weight. He came down from like 400 pounds to like in the twos. Shows up at a, at, at a, one of our one of our events. It was a Charles Fist fundraiser. Um, no idea what he's doing. Ryan Alexander from Philly breaks his arm on a side table. Um, Dave continues on to you know he gets surgery, comes back. He is at every single event within a five hour radius that is ever hosted in the Northeast. Like I saw him on Saturday. Now he, he unfortunately you know the bone density things early on I think cost him that arm break, but now he knows how to arm wrestle. And I feel like if somebody has the desire at that age, they're not necessarily somebody that you have to worry about per se. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, Dave took it like a champ. And like I said, I mean, if there was a guy to give like the biggest heart award in our region, it's this guy. He's so, and he, not only does he come and he pull every event, but he enters like six classes. Like yeah. he, he really supports and, 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 you know, it's just, he's an unbelievable dude. And I think every, every age demographic has a place in this sport somewhere. Yeah. I think the interesting thing is as well, it's very much on the individual because you'll get someone who'll come and straight, we've all, we've all been there. You might get someone who's 25 years old and they show up and as soon as you get them on the table, they immediately identify themselves as a high risk. <laughs> Irish mm. exponent, you know, they're just like, mm. just and then you'll get the other guy that shows up and they're absolutely silk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you get there, they're just, yeah. and you think, oh yeah, no, no threat with this kid, this is brilliant. But there's just that one guy that's been wrestling forever, but you're always terrified that something's going to break. And everybody knows that one guy where, you know, you can see everybody in the room like, oh, whenever they go. Yeah. 
Not well, yeah, you, you guys, you guys are probably aware. You know, Craig Soublier broke his left arm again. Yeah. Second yeah, time. Yeah, cool round. to see that. Higher up um, this time, isn't it? Near his shoulder, apparently. Yeah. And, 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 and he, I don't know what <coughs> Craig thinks. I've watched a few of his comments and that, but what is it about someone that? I mean, he's an experienced armor, so he's conditioned. He's been in strength his whole whole life. Um, yet it happens. Is that? Is that? Is that a? Is that? Is that a bone density thing? Is that he's just willing to? To sit on his talk more than he sh- probably should, or like, <clears throat> did anyone see it? I I, I don't yeah. go looking for these things. Was it a yeah. bad position? It was. You bad know what? Position? It was outside the shoulder, but marginally. Was it a very bad position? Yeah. No. Be- before before that, match, he's had one. One before the like, I, I work with Craig now. We work for. We prepared for this tournament together, and I, I he's like sending me message, and I, s- I read that uh, Daniel Worley told that he broke his arm, like, again, like, how did this happen? And looking at the match, he's, um, yeah, I think you need to have good training partners that mm-hmm. will identify when you're just pressing or just pulling or, or when you're not using the whole combination. And he, in some way, he just started pressing and opened everything up like this. Uh, it's even hard for me to show the position, but he was yeah, very outside. Real. Yeah, and and he's just pressing in, and the next match, like the guy went in, like where he went, the guy went in strong, in same position, just broke. And he the thing is, sec- he, he, he didn't give himself any elasticity at all. He didn't give himself any get out. No. It's not just you can say, okay, that guy's pulling wrong, and he's slightly outside the shoulder. What mm. I was going to say, slightly outside the shoulder, but it's not a very dangerous position. However, what you cannot allow for is if you're committing that hard sideways and spiralling the humerus that much, you don't, you've got to take account for the direction of the other puller. Mm. So if yeah. you're committing in that shape when that guy's going, if the guy's pulling back at you, there's less torque there. But if he's going directly up through here and you're diving there outside yeah. your shoulder. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me, I've always thought, I would be very, very, very surprised if I ever broke my right arm. Uh, and, and, I, and I say that because I feel like I have a very intuitive uh, ability to know what my right arm's doing. The, the one time in my, my sports history of arm wrestling where I thought, hmm, I went above my own elastic uh, capabilities there was actually against Raymond Antonovich in Zloty. And it was because it's Zloty. And you're like, well, he's taken my risk. And I, I jam up. I jammed up for longer than I usually would. I usually would have gone up. That guy's gone through. But because it's Zlotty, I jammed up longer and I let him swing around. And I thought, I remember thinking to myself after that match, I pushed my arm harder then than I normally, normally do. And so on the big stage, I could see myself potentially breaking my arm, but it's, it would be, I now know that I could go to where Raymond's took it, but I, I wouldn't go there often. That's for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's always a difficult one because it's so you, you're not controlling the disparate elements in the match, and if a guy changes direction on you really quick, mm. it can even an experienced guy, it can happen. There are more than a few examples of experienced pullers getting damaged. You know, a Todd Zill, for example. Right. You know, if you were going to say who's in that high risk category, Todd's that guy. Brandon mm. Die, another guy who broke his arm. But, like I say, experienced guy, but if you were going to put a high-risk category, Brandon dies in it. Because they are joint-heavy, side-pressure-driven 
And you may have done the damage in a training session. I watched a training yes. session with you, Ryan, a couple of weeks ago, and you were just, I can't remember what, what you were going for, but it was a, it was a lot of weight. It was probably 70 kilos or so. It's a lot of weight. 75 kilos, really sideways. Yeah. 75 kilos where you were tucked under and just drove at it. Now that, mate, could do damage. There's mm. no doubt about it. So then <laughs> yeah. you could do that and then you go into a tournament or a practice session and a position which would ordinarily put you under no risk. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, like, <clears throat> like Link is directional in many ways and we, like, oh, like, I'm not going to say almost all, but most of the arm breaks happen when you're dead center and you're not pushing or pulling. You're just going this way. So you're just using one vector. I would say he would be much safer if he would pull his arm closer or even just stayed closer. Sometimes you will see guys that are huge hook battles that if they would not be here, that would be here, would look very dangerous. But here, they're just like, we, we know nothing's going to happen. Because they're they're taking the tension from the side pressure with their backs or with their triceps, going back and forth. So I think that's the big deal. And, and a lot of these breaks that happen on the start, they happen right at the start, when, when there's no movement. And when there is movement, you can get in or out of position. And, and uh, like... The Turkish guy, uh, Said Erkam, uh, he broke his arm in Zlotito, right arm, and I think in world or European left arm. I think he's one of the most unluckiest arm wrestlers and one of the most strongest, the, like the featherweights in the world. Yeah. I'm like, that's so unlucky. And I think it, at least one happened right at the start, you know, when there was no movement. So I think arm wrestling is really about the movement. You don't want to get your, humerus bone set in a position where it can snap, you know, when there's no move, where you take away leverage. This is how, this is how we arm wrestle. Every, every good arm wrestler takes away advantages from opponent. And you need to recognize what you can take and what you need to take, you know, for, to stay safe for everyone. Another, another really key point there is, particularly for new arm wrestlers are, but I say for new arm wrestlers, it can be for anyone, but, if you are in a long drawn out match, okay, regardless of the position or the technical nuance that you happen to be involved in, I think it's often a big problem if you're looking for continuous back to back significant gain in position. So you'll often see guys and they're in a position, they've lost a little bit of wrist and you start seeing this. They'll be, you know, that is Neil, not I want, I want to ask you, Neil. Arm wars against Anil Nazran. I'm a year and a half into the sport. Were you, were you shitting yourself that I was going to break my arm? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't shitting myself. No, because you never got into a situation where you were beyond your elastic limit. There's always there was always some safety yep. valve there. And also, Nazran is. I mean, Anil drives very hard backwards. Mm-hmm. He's not extremely side heavy. You yeah. know, so a lot of them, a lot of the pressure that he was applying was back into that wrist. And in doing so, when you got your wrist broken back, he ended up in a situation where he over rotated. Instead of yeah. sitting up on it, collecting it, yeah. and so he had much more power into the match, he did the mistake that a lot of arm wrestlers do, okay? Mm. And that is that when he got the top roll, Look, I'm going to be a bit more specific than that. I get a bit annoyed with people thinking that uh, that arm wrestling or 
top rolling is that. It is tr- it's just pronation. I used to get the question asked to me so many times, but how can you top roll these guys? Because your arm's not that long, okay, and your hand's not that big. And I would say, but my wrist is very, very strong. So my, the fundamental for me was to maintain that either attacking cup or lying back, I would gain a cup. And once I'd done that, my ability to hold that cup would either allow me to pronate out through their thumb in a defensive angle, or if I had enough explosivity, which I often did against opponents, literally through. So I'm lowering the arc of their arm. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I got to a situation where I'm turning and exposing my fingers, so almost I over-rotate and end up on a reverse curl, which is what Anil Najram does in that match a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a problem. I'm actually taking away my power. You go into a gym and try and reverse curl the same weight that you can exactly. do when you're in the... It's not, not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, a fundamental problem with people's understanding of the top roll is that the top roll is this. Yeah. It's turning out. And it isn't necessarily turning out. There are occasions where you'll do that to gain leverage, but it's a, it's a take, collect. Take, collect, take, collect. What you're looking for is to gain access to that pronated solid lock position so it's not being turned, you know. Yeah. A guy's not supinating. You can hold that pronator, hold the cup and maintain the cup, and then you can put those big muscle groups to work and they'll do the job for you. It's one of the most frustrating things to try and teach a beginner. I see it all the time, and I, I personally struggle with the articulation to convey that. How many guys do you get, you know, at their first couple practices where they're not holding on to anybody, they're not flexing their wrist at all, and all they're doing is rotating their hand and hoping you hold on to them, and always over-rotating. It's, you know, you talk about pouring a soda into your shirt pocket and everything, but it's so hard to get a guy to cup and rotate at the same time while containing. Mm. It's yeah. it's such a tricky thing, but it's, yeah. it's a simple concept. For me, the opportunity. For me, wow. Sorry, go Ryan. I was going to say, for me, Paul, all I do when I try to teach someone to top roll is I start them in a hook. I say, all right, top roll from the hook, top roll from a hook. And right. and if you if you try to lift and twist from a hook, you get nowhere. So right. you got to realize that you got to cup, you got to drag, you got to rise, you got to roll, all of those things. See, so, I I wouldn't personally start them in a full hook. I would start them just cuts. Cuts. Yeah. I think the cup is the important bit. Get that cup maintained and and maintain the angle. Main right. or the vector. Maintain right. that position with the back <laughs> pressure, but it's the applica- it's the balance, the application of side and back. And it's easy. Say a guy's stronger than you and you know he is, you know? You know he's stronger than you. I'll tell you I'll give you a live example. I pulled Jerry Cadaret, right? In the it was a it was a UA event. And on the first start, my hit was absolutely bob on. Bang on. I got in my mind, right, I'm going to stay on Jerry's bone. I'm going to stay right on his arm. And I'm going to go straight. Back pressure applied, but from a low hand. And I'm going to go back pressure on and then blast to the side to get him outside his shoulder. And he went like this that I claimed pin. It wasn't a pin, but it was very, very, very close. And Dave Hicks was the referee. When I turned around, I went, whoa, Dave, that was a pin. He went, Daniel, it was not a pin. He said it was like half a centimetre off, but you didn't get it. Mm. So we go in the strap. The strap goes on, and I like the strap. 
But I get into the strap, and Jerry feels like Jerry. You know? Mm. It's intimidating. He start, he, I see him suck into his lap, and he gets up on the... And I think, whoa, here we go. This is going to be... <laughs> and Jerry gets that, you know, Jerry's ready then. He knows exactly the direction I'm going. And Jerry's a fantastic puller. And he's stronger than me. So I'm yeah. thinking, oh, shit. And I made a fundamental error. I thought, and I remember doing it at the time. I thought, right, yeah, more back, more this way. No, terrible. But I did it. And as soon yeah. as I did it, I knew what a dick. But it's just <laughs> that intimidation factor got in my mind. And I yeah. went, more here, that was a terrible move. I should have done exactly the same thing and bet whether I was quick enough to win the inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was the one. But, you know. But that, that comes back to, like, when you talk about, like, structural fortitude and how confident are you in it. I mean, that guy's so intimidating. I don't think that there's anybody else that I would be, I would be intimidated physically by for an injury if I had to pull him. So yeah. if you know you kind of come and go <laughs> sideways and then you see Jerry in front of you, you're like, hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I might just try to Jerry and me were good mates at the time, and as soon as the match hit the pad, uh, my head went down, and he just grabbed the back of my head, and he just went, shouldn't have ran. And he's right, shouldn't have ran, but he got, you know, you can't yeah, run from yeah. that, it's a train, yeah. it will run over you. I, I, you know? I, had a, I had a new guy in the club just the other night who, he, he's about six months into, into it, and I, I, this is the first time I'd ever gripped him, and he was, he was all out flop press, this guy. And really committed and like driving hard. And he, and I've got to give it to him. His force was good, but, and he wanted me to feel it. And I let him flop press. I let him flop press. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. I could hold it, but sure. And then I decided to take center from him. As soon as he went to go away, I just cupped and just punched side a bit. And he was like, whoa, what the hell is that? I'm like, yeah, that's just taking you out of your shoulder. And it, it just cancels everything, doesn't it? So yeah, it's, but it, like you said, it's, Scary, scary. I mean, anyone who's a presser has that. They they ooze that that sense of my bones are better than yours. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Are you brave enough to try? <laughs> right. I mean, you've got a good insight on this, Ray, because obviously you're you're a presser by presser by trade, brother. That's what you do, particularly lefty. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, like. If there's some like some nagging injury, like something just a little bit, you get scared. But most of the times, I don't feel scared at all. It's uh, going against someone who does the same. You know, that's a little bit scarier <laughs> than going against top roller. I'm, I'm, I feel like nothing can happen here. Either I'm gonna win or he's gonna throw me out of my position. But going against someone who does the same, it's it's like I, I don't want to hurt them. I don't know if they want to, want to hurt me, and that's you know that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Ma- Michael Michael Todd Wagner Bortolato, lefty, mm. um, was a was a very very clear example of that. I mean, yeah. bone to bone, hard sideways, not a backward step in either man, you know, and the rest is history. But <laughs> very very Wagner is a good example of the type of individual who's just structurally strong. He's just everything on it, on the man's just built thick. You know what I mean? He's just mm-hmm. tendons and ligaments are just thick. Joints are thick. He just looks like he's made to, to absorb that kind of punishment, you know? And he, he clearly doesn't ever get any pain. I mean, how the... F- 
Talking of, talking of people who don't get paid, how the f- does Jerry Cadaret not get sore? <laughs> really? Because you watch some of those matches, those ridiculous matches. Now you can say sometimes, you know, one guy is over-rotated and he's wristed and there's a lot of power being burned into you. But when the strap is on and you've got guys just hammering on you and you stretch, <laughs> they never sore. I said to Jerry, after you get pain in your joints, say wrist, elbow, no. <laughs> what? Good well, job. I, I think, I think the, the, the key to not being sore is being stronger than everyone in the room. That really is. Like, mm. you, you, you stop feeling elbow pain when everyone in your club isn't as strong as you. That's, that's, that's what I feel. And, I, and I, Jerry's just the top of the tree when it comes to pressing. So, yeah. He really is. It. Yeah. Always actually amazes me that Jerry doesn't get talked about more, you know, mm. more in that in that area. People don't ever talk about him one of the all-time greats. Jerry Cadaret is an all-time great, hey, you know. So speaking of all-time greats and rankings, I know Jerry's a ginger, Todd Hutchins a ginger, but they don't look like gingers anymore. I want to know: am I am I on the podium for top-ranked gingers in the world, or is there another one out there I don't know about? <laughs> I think Roger Cain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roger Kelly, yeah, okay. Yeah, you gotta beat him. <laughs> I, I, I seriously want to have a ginger tournament. Just, that, I, that, I, I will host. I think a that'd be tournament. really interesting, Ryan. I think that's a really interesting match. Yeah. Come on, thank you. There is Ray. Have you got any in Latvia that are rock strong? I uh, know. I uh, I remember from Zloty tour. I don't remember the year, but I think it was the year where Barboza was there in a ninety-five kilo class. It was like ten class, eight guys. There was one guy from uh, uh, Chechen guy. Oh my god, he was like rock strong. I think he f- second or first, and some amazing battles. And the class was so stacked there. It was like eight guys, and everyone's a killer, you know. So it was, it was honestly, I, I have a, a genuine goal. I want to be able to say I'm the number one ranked ginger in the world someday. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Yeah, you better hope Jerry Cataret dies, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You need, you need to be taking Jerry on that run that you did before this show because I'm not sure how Jerry had put up. <laughs> Jerry will probably tear my head off my shoulders for saying that, but I don't think Jerry looks like he's too good in cardio. Jer- Jerry's actually one of the guys. If, if I if I uh, I get I get to the USA often enough that I get the chance to pull with people and train with people. Um, Interestingly, both Jerry and Michael Todd are at the top of my list for people I want to go and train with just to experience what the hell it is they do. Mm. Uh. Yeah, yeah, they're both, they're both um, fabulous pullers. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt about that. They're both, you know, I mean, people say uh, Michael can can only do King's move. Michael can do everything. <laughs> Michael can top roll. Michael can hook. Michael's a good top roller. Michael's a wonderful hooker. He can really, really hook. You know, he, his, his patience is great in there. His timing's great in there. It's just, and and one of the best thing about Mike is his transition. You know, he'll he'll get into that lead back top row where he's up soaking up pressure from Jerry, and then he'll transition into that press. And when he transitions, it's a horrible experience. Absolutely mm. awful. It's very very direct, very bone heavy, very. The whole body moves, you know what I mean? It's not just an arm movement, it's not just a try, it's, it's a, the whole structure of the man comes across the pad with such 
ferocity. It's like, holy shit, it just moves everything. That's a dangerous dude to pull against. You sit in there in a defensive hook with Mike and he comes at you. Mm. I, you, I have a suggestion. I, I like, like, maybe we should name, like, inside pulling something else than a hook because, like, a minute ago you said Michael is a fabulous hooker. So <laughs> I think we... <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. Go, you have it. You have an interview with a with a with a female news anchor, and you say something like that, and they and, and they look at you very weird. They don't know what <laughs> how to take it. Yeah, yeah. if I ever get Gabriella Vasconcellos, I need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the word is that you're the world's top female hooker. Not what I meant. Not what I meant. But, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, the whole uh, who's strong in a hook, who's not strong in a hook thing, mm. that's a debate in, a, in and of itself, mate, because another sort of one of my pet hates is that hooking is just top-end power. Hooking's just who's, who's the stronger. Not the case. No way. There I'm, I'm not... I'm a, I'm a, serious positional... Yeah. Changes in a hook that are, I mean, Daniel's amazing at that. Anyway, I mean, pound for pound, is there anybody better in a hook than Daniel? Anyway, I don't, I don't think right now. I don't think he's right now, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Rustam, Daniel. Haji, uh, Danny, uh, Sasha, like those guys. <laughs> Ryan. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 yes, uh, yeah. There it well, is. Honestly, like, like when, when you talk about when you talk about hooking, I know that <clears throat> the way I hook is not a a power version of a hook. I don't. I if I get into a hook, I relax. It's control. I tur- control. I turn. I turn everything off and say, "You pin me," and then I and then I deny it, and then I deny it again, and then I deny it, again. and I wait till the, the the guy who's is trying to be the powerful guy. Till he gasses, and then I go through. I, I I never I never power hook. It's really rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one that, of the that, misconceptions is that, that that you know if you have a small weak hand that you need to pull inside, and it, it couldn't be more of the opposite. If you have a small weak hand, you desperately need to get that thing stronger because if you want to be effective in a hook in any angle other than shoulder driven side pressure, you absolutely are applying all kinds of different pressure through your hand. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more technical. You get caught in a top roll versus top roll battle. Um, I feel like there's less technical um, prowess involved in that than if you get caught into a deep hook with a guy who can really change that, change angles and add hand pressure. I, I want to also dispel something else. You just said we talked about weak hands. <clears throat> I don't think there's a style in arm wrestling that can have a weak hand. Exactly. People, talk, people say Jerry Cataret has a weak hand. I call bullshit on uh, that. No, no, yeah. yeah, I think I think flop pressing requires an incredibly strong hand still. Rotation-wise, in particular. Yeah, the the, the um, I'm just going to say, following up on what Paul was saying there, if you've got a small weak hand, you're you you need to get that thing stronger, and or you're going to struggle in this sport. Period. Because right. all of the it's a fundamental prerequisite of success in arm wrestling. Mm. You need strong hand and wrist, and and I know that started arguments up and down the place. You know, people say that it's less important. Hand and wrist is critically important for 90% of the people. And why I'm going to make that claim is because a lot of people don't have the structural integrity that the odd weirdo does. I mean, I know that obviously Todd's um, famously come out there. And why not? If I was Todd, I'd, I'd have T-shirts, probably tattooed on my baldy ass head <laughs> about the side pressure thing. Because 
what a great PR message for the guy that does it better than anyone else. The mm. fact of the matter is that most people can't do what Todd Hutchins does. You know, I've seen a lot of programs that Stan Lee used to put on TV where you'd go and meet one guy that can hold his breath for 25 minutes. But I guarantee you, if 85, 90 percent of the population do it, you've got a you dead mother. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's yep. the reality of the situation. So I got a bunch of guys in the club at the moment that are in their first three months in the sport. They've turned up. They've got amazing biceps on them, amazing shoulders, amazing pecs. But their hands just blow around in the in the breeze in an arm wrestle, and they are so frustrated at how weak they are relative to the the guy who only weighs fifty kilos who has a hand, and they're just like, "What the hell? I can't move this little dude." And it's like, "Yeah, you need a hand. You need a hand. It doesn't matter right. about that big arm you got. You need." Is a it hand. that they're weak, Ryan, or is it that they just don't know yet how to apply? No, no, no this. I, when I grip these guys, you can feel the power in their arm, but they just, as soon as they go to apply it, the hand either opens or gets yep. turned. Yep. And, and, I, and I say to those guys, look, you will have a moment where you will suddenly arrive in your own right. strength. When your hand and wrist catches up, you're going to really jump up the ranks of this club really quickly. So well, if you trust it, get your hands strong. To what Neil's saying, I think a lot of times it is that they don't know how to apply the pressure also. Um, mm. A lot of times you're starting off and you're, you're doing your motions that you don't normally do. Um, I think a lot of guys have strength in those motions but don't know how to access it. So I think, and to any new pullers that are listening to this, if you're having a hard time keeping your hand and wrist, I believe wholeheartedly that six months of dedicated training to your your hand, wrist, and fingers, and you can make a drastic change. And it's not just like, you know, grab a wrist wrench and, you know, it's it's doing the motion and creating the mind-muscle connection to be able to do that on the arm wrestling table. It's not necessarily about that one RM and how much weight can you turn over on that wrist wrench, but connecting your mind to your hand and wrist and being able to execute it on the table. For me, that first six months that I had where I started dedicated focus into my hand and wrist, I don't think that I necessarily shirted it up as a whole strength-wise, but rather coordination-wise. It all kind of came together. I think my yeah. hand was naturally strong, but I couldn't access it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a really engaging point and one that will run you know, th- throughout time, I think, just how important, what, what is the most important? I mean, the greatest of all time, John Brzezink, I remember him saying to me many times, I'd give away so much percentage of my arm strength for greater hand and wrist control. And we saw what he could do with men of all sizes, all shapes. Uh, you can control the plane of the match. You're a very, very hard man to beat, you know, mm. because all the rubber's on the road, isn't it? You know, every, it's like the old uh, having a big engine and not enough not thick enough tires. You get a lot of wheel spin. You're wasting everything. Well, John, the was on the road. John was always an interesting. He's an interesting case study because he truly was the strongest hand out there. Um, people, I, I feel that people sense that they need more arm when when their opponents have a stronger hand than them. They're like, no, I need arm. I need arm. But once you climb the mountain of your club or your district or whatever, if you become the strongest hand in the region. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, no, I don't need more. I don't need arm. I'm just going to keep denying all you guys. Right. So. Mm. Right. That, that's exactly that's, it's exactly it, Ryan. Like, when you know when you're at practice and you're, you're kind of the, the one, you know, who everybody's wanting to pull and you're not really being threatened by everybody and you're, you're in that hold and deny phase, you're doing that 90% through, through hand, and, wrist, uh, and rotation. 
How often do you use your arm when you're denying people in practice? How yeah. often does how can Devin arm wrestle for six hours? Yeah. Structurally, because yeah. he, he's denying through the hand. So <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a hundred percent right. And then when you get against a guy who has a better hand than you, it's that that crippling feeling that you can't even access your arm. That you yeah. feel like if you could get, if they would let you there, you <laughs> might be able to work, but you can't get there. And that's <laughs> all this. That's why the yeah. side pressure, this whole side pressure movement that's going on, you know, and I bought into it now. I think I'm at that point in my career where I can start training it. Um, but I feel like early on, early on, there's so, like, that is so low on the totem pole of what early, what new arm wrestlers need to be training. That oh, yeah. The road. Way down the road. Way, way. You went through a phase without Ryan where I was genuinely concerned about you when you were, yeah. you know, revving it up and, you, and and in your training videos you'd see you going oh god and you like this sickening face of like because the pain was so severe and I'm thinking oh, oh no yeah it's going to well, some yeah for me it's all about the, the the chapter you're in who you're chasing like for me that the, the side pressure season started for me after I lost to Justin Bishop and I lost to Justin Bishop with hand control I had hand control yet I still lost so for me it was very much Justin in my mind and I needed side pressure. Um, but as soon as I face someone, I, I go to Zlotty, and all of a sudden my hand's doing this, and I'm like, oh, shit, hang on a second. All that side pressure means nothing now. I need to go get my hand again. So who, whoever you're chasing shapes what you're training. Ladies and gentlemen, 48 minutes into this episode, number 33 of The Fix. And we're going to round it up at that point. A little, little bit of a yawn from uh, Raymond's live pencil in the top corner. Hopefully, most of you motherfluffers out there do not feel the same about what you've just witnessed. <laughs> I don't think I, I can say... yawn and flex at the same time. That's yeah. what that takes talent. That's, hey, that's a skill. That's yeah. A skill. yeah, there it is. I want to say a massive okay. thank you to uh, all the all the guys on the call. We're going to start with the Lolly Rice, the voice of arm wrestling, Raymond's live pins. We'll say a massive thank you to Paul Lynn, ladies. There he is right there. Lethal Arms Apparel. I like that shirt, mate. It's a lovely, lovely piece of kit. Looks fantastic. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, sporting his own Aussie arm wrestler. Let's give Jake some love. Look at this. There we go. There it is. Good. There we go. Nice, comfortable shirt, too. Grab one. The Aussie arm wrestler apparel. Right there. It is a cool as hell shirt as well, that Jake. We love you, brother. Hope you're well. And, uh... I'm going to say a massive thank you to the nearly died before the show, Ryan Blueborn. <laughs> if this is your first visit to Supernatural Strength, please make sure you come back in future. Hit that subscribe button. Tell everybody about it. And until we see you next time, ladies and gents, take it easy, peeps.